Welcome to the Diaspora Podcast, the only podcast focused on South Asian immigrants. We exist to provide new immigrants with guidance, insights, and ideas that make your immigration journey just a tad easier. I'm your host, Aditya Mehta, and I live in beautiful Vancouver, Canada, where the amazing weather this week is making social distancing pretty hard to do. To adjust to the COVID situation, this podcast was recorded remotely, and I do apologize in advance for the audio quality. Today, we have an interview on our episode, and we're talking to my friend, Imroz Rupani. Hi, Imroz. How's it going? Hi, Adi. It's going well. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. Um, after the last interview with Neha, I wanted someone who was uh, diametrically opposite, which means not new in the country and uh, not a job seeker, but a business person. Uh, and, you know, the first person I thought of was you. So, um, you know, instead of me going into your story, um, how about you tell us... Uh, you know, how you ended up here and, and what you've done in, in this very long period of time that you've been here. Um, so, Adi, I moved here with my family back in uh, February of 1998. Uh, I was only 16 years old back then. I was in grade 11. Um, I finished high school here. I attended university. Uh, I grew up in a family business. Um, I uh, so while while I, when I was not away at university, I went to University of Northern British Columbia up in Prince George. For those who are not familiar, um, mm-hmm. so I studied uh, I studied commerce, and uh, when I was uh, when I was uh, home for the summer, I used to work in my family business, uh, which uh, we had a gas station back then, and uh, kind of grew up in a family business and uh, uh, also. After, at the same time, pursued uh, my CFA designation. Although I never, I passed all three levels of the exam, but I never actually got my charter because I didn't have the relevant work experience. Right. Um, I worked for the Royal Bank of Canada in the capacity of a personal banker. Um, but uh, yeah, but uh, my career path kind of took me in a different direction. And uh, having been brought up in a business family, uh, I decided to get into business for myself. Um, so we. Uh, my family owns liquor stores. We own three liquor stores in the lower mainland. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, uh, and you know, and time's flown. I'm no longer 16. And now I've been here for about uh, 22 years. And wow. I kinda grew, I've spent more than half my life in, uh, in Canada. Yeah. And um, I, I reckon the fact that you're still here means you really like it uh, being in Vancouver and, and in Canada in general. Oh, I love it. I I don't think I could live anywhere else. Actually, I'll uh, maybe 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 in Sydney, Australia. But yeah, I don't think I could live anywhere else. Yeah, uh, a lot of people draw that uh, comparison. Actually, um, how has your uh, experience uh, doing business in Canada? Um. So let to give you a bit of a background. Uh, to give you uh, it's a bit of a long answer because I need to walk you through my journey uh, in yeah. business in, in Canada. So kind sure. of give you an idea of uh, where I, where we started and where we've ended up. Yeah. Uh, as I mentioned, I was 16 when we moved here and uh, my dad still had a business back in India. Uh, we have an outdoor advertising business in India and we still have that business. So my dad spends a lot of time uh, back home uh, look, uh, taking care of that business. And so when we moved here, uh, my dad bought a a, a little small business to kind of get our feet wet for my mom. Uh, My mom used to operate a lot of store outside uh, Safeway in North Vancouver. 
And uh, we bought that in maybe uh, early 2000s. Uh, we had that for a few years. And so uh, at that time, I used to go help my mom at that store uh, on the weekends or in the evenings. Um, and uh, that was kind of our first experience, uh, customer-oriented business, uh, just learning how things work in Canada, just like, you know, simple stuff. For example, I'll give you an example. Like in, in India, you're not, if you go to a shop, back then nobody used to greet you with a hello here right. you have to kind of greet people you know um kind of sh uh, shoot the breeze with them for a little bit you know uh, sure. and customer service here is a totally different level right compared yeah, to what we're used to back back home <clears throat> there's an excellence mindset here which i've seen you know not too often in india yeah definitely i mean you know even if it's the uh, smallest transaction, like selling a lot lottery ticket to somebody, you have to acknowledge the person. Uh, you know, a smile always goes a long way. You know, uh, it's just a lot more friendly. I feel the culture-wise, it's it's a cultural difference. Not that I'm saying that uh, things are not friendly in India. I mean, I feel uh, customer service can go to a different level in India when people you know bend over backwards to do things for you. Right. But over here, just the cultural difference that you have to, uh, the little nuances of business and customer service, that, that's where we started learning that. Right. And uh, from there, uh, we got a bit more comfortable and uh, we invested in a, in a gas station up in Whistler. And that was back in 2002, I think. And uh, we operated that until 2010. And that was predominantly run by, managed by my uncle. And I used to, again, work there in the summers and during my Christmas break when I wasn't at university. Uh, <laughs> at one point, my uncle felt comfortable leaving the gas station in my charge and going to India for vacation. So that was a good experience. I ran that all on my own. Uh, that was a very interesting experience, Ali, because uh, I was uh, in my early 20s and, uh, and I was operating a store that had uh, uh, 10 employees and employees, mm -hmm. I mean, in, in Whistler, back in the, uh, even now, it's it's difficult to find good staff and good help up, up, up in Whistler because most people there are uh, like visitors, like Aussies on a working holiday visa. Their main objective is snowboarding and they just want to work to earn a pocket money type of yeah. deal. So they, they're not the most reliable employees that you'll find. So okay. I've experienced, uh, my experience was quite negative because what I found was I would get called in to work at short notice because somebody called in sick or you know, uh, just it was a very stressful situation. It was a very busy store. I was in over my head. It was not a fun experience. And uh, I decided that I was never going to be in business for myself ever again at that age. And okay. uh, so I decided I'm going to focus on my education, uh, you know, get my bachelor's of commerce, maybe even uh, pursue a master's of some sort, like an MBA or something. And I wanted to be in a corporate job. Hmm. Uh, so after I graduated from... Uh, from, uh, from university, I, I started working for uh, Bank of Montreal as a customer service representative and kind of moved my way up uh, to RBC as a personal banker. I worked in a corporate environment just to get a feel for things. But uh, I found that that wasn't necessarily for me. I wasn't enjoying retail banking. Hmm. Uh, I, I wanted to switch to investment banking or asset management, but at, those, at that time, uh, it was a time of financial crisis and uh, those jobs are few and far in between. And especially if you're looking for that type of a job in Vancouver, uh, right. uh, they're still not there. Those jobs are more so in, uh, in Toronto or you'll find them in New York or some sort of a financial hub, not so much in Vancouver. Sure. So uh, 
we started, my dad and I, I'm very close to my dad and uh, I had to I had to decide, I was at a, a crossroads in my career. I needed to decide what I needed to do if I wanted to pursue this more or if I wanted to go into business for myself. Um, so, we, you know, let's, let's explore the business opportunities available. And uh, we started looking at different businesses. We had a, a, a mind like we had a, you know, we were looking for what size of, we were looking for uh, in terms of scale, uh, what sector we were looking for. We had a few ideas and we started exploring those ideas and we came across liquor stores. And uh, our first liquor store, uh, we ended up purchasing from some people that we knew, uh, another Ismaili family uh, that have been here for a really long time and uh, they, they've done really well for themselves. So we ended up... Uh, purchasing our first liquor store from them. And I kind of learned the business from their manager. And uh, I, I, I saw, when I saw the way they run, ran their businesses, when I was uh, completing the transaction of our purchase, I realized how a professional outfit is actually run and not a mom and pop shop. Right. So my so when I was comparing, contrasting this with my experience running the gas station, uh, where I was learning the management skills from my uncle, and then I saw these guys who operated a professional family office and their outlook and the way they managed their business. I, 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 I saw a different aspect of running a business. It wasn't, uh, it was not as stressful. It was not as uh, hands-on. It was more hands-off. It was more about managing people rather than managing inventory or, uh, so it wasn't, uh, uh, the, th those are things that I really, and it was a real eye opener for me. Like you know, business is not just you know standing at the till collecting cash for your for your gas gas receipts. It was more it was more to that. Right. And how uh, the outlook is totally different when you when you look at other families. Like they're they're building generational wealth, not just uh, not just for tomorrow. Right. And their outlook. So when I learned about that outlook, my uh, my outlook changed about business. So. My first experience, we purchased our first liquor store and I learned uh, the business ground up. Um, so they, that, the, that family owned multiple liquor stores, so they had managers. So when we purchased this liquor store, we retained the manager and I learned how to run the business from the manager. Mm -hmm. I actually got proficient. Uh, basically, I, we looked at the fees that we paid the manager as like a education that I got, right. you know? It was, we didn't mind paying the manager because this was an education for sure. me. Uh, so that's the kind of outlook. You know, you, you'd otherwise think, oh, I'm, this is my only business. Why do I need a manager? I can run it myself. Well, I was fortunate that we'd moved from a position from where we were individually hands-on managing businesses to now being in a situation where we can actually afford to pay a manager. That was one of the business, that was one of the criteria that we were looking for in a business where we didn't actually hands-on have to run the business, that the business was profitable enough where we could actually get a manager to run it. Right. Uh, um, so obviously now these businesses are few and far in between. A lot of businesses in Vancouver, I think you'll find are mostly you're buying yourself a job, right? right? But that's not what we were looking for. We were looking for a business that we could get financed by the bank as long as we had a, uh, a decent down payment. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that's one thing I learned about businesses in Vancouver. Uh, banks will finance cash flow businesses, which is uh, really good. Uh, banks are always happy to finance franchises because these are guaranteed proven success. Right. So, and liquor business, uh, especially the liquor store industry in uh, BC, uh, the number of liquor licenses are capped. 
So they don't issue any more uh, liquor retail licenses. So they do issue liquor licenses for uh, restaurants. That's a different license. Uh, So liquor and so plus in for the people who have moved uh, new to Vancouver, you might be wondering how how the industry works here. So basically, uh, there's a one kilometer buffer. So within a one kilometer area, you're only allowed to have one liquor store. So that's basically your catchment area. Right. Uh, so this was this rule was new, relatively new. Uh, it's not uh, so you will find that there are liquor stores closer to each other within the one kilometer, but those are because they're grandfathered in. Any new liquor store that goes in has to be more than one kilometer away. Plus, you need to buy an existing license because uh, no new licenses are being issued. So these are a few things that were attractive, right? Uh, they caused barrier to entries, uh, kind of uh, uh, gives you that comfort. And it's a small monopoly in your neighborhood. That's correct. So that kind of that that allows you to be a prof- uh, profitable business because other businesses there there's too much competition and that kind of affects your profitability. Right. Uh, also, things I learned about so one some things that I learned about running a business in, in Canada is uh, I find uh, that uh, uh, I would do it as compared to India. So it's a lot more simple to run a business in Canada. You're not really looking over your shoulder to see who's trying to rip you off. Right. Uh, are very uh, uh, streamlined in terms of uh, how things are done here. There's very structured uh, and the rules are, sim- are kind of mostly rules are uh, applied to everybody. There are a few people above, above the rule, like Jimmy Patterson's above the rule. Yeah. I mean, he can get the rule his, his needs by lobbying, but in general, the lo- rules apply quite, uh, quite uh, evenly, quite formally. Right. So I find that to be a different thing because we have business experience. My dad still has businesses in India. So I still, we still talk about business, about how things are done in India and how things are done, yeah. done here. Uh, it's, a, it's a lot simpler, I find, and a lot more honest and straightforward compared to things uh, in, uh, in India. So nobody can bribe their way into a liquor license right. here. I remember happen. you telling me once that uh, you would just incorporate your companies yourself. You didn't even need a, a lawyer or an accountant to do it for you. Yes, I, I still do that. I, I do that by myself. I, uh, I'm very hands-on in certain ways. So I do that. I Even my third liquor store, I incorporated the company myself. Uh, I, I, I do spend the time and effort and things you can do them online. Yeah, because they are so simple that you can do them online. Right. Uh, you can get just research it and do it. Not like in India where you have to go to different offices five times and send somebody. Right. Um, you know, I, I always somebody. tell people that the effort to result correlation uh, is much higher in Canada than it is in India uh, because so much of your time, which is uh, spent in India doing regulatory work or compliance or just bureaucracy is, is minimized here. So you, you end up being way more efficient um, in a, in a, in a day to day sense. Um, now, I would definitely agree yeah. with that. Um, how do you see COVID-19 uh, impacting the economy? I know your business is probably not uh, hurt as bad as any other businesses, but what do you think is going to happen over the next few uh, weeks and months once things start reopening? Actually, Adi, I'm one of the few people that is actually blessed. Uh, that is not actually, we've been impacted positively rather than negatively. Our sales are actually up, uh, but I do feel for for the people. I do feel for uh, uh, like nail salons, pubs, restaurants, and other businesses that have been negatively impacted and have been shut down. Um, I've I've heard that uh, uh, one in three restaurants will not reopen after this uh, after this uh, pandemic is over. Um, 
I, I see a lot of changes coming. Uh, I feel uh, people's buying habits are changing. Like, uh, I, I think they're more getting used to things delivered to right. them. And I think, I think that is here to stay even after. Uh, I think uh, people, I, I, I'm really not sure how, I, I'm curious to find out how people would look at a pub business. Like, would they go back to pubs once they open up or are they now just used to buying, because alcohol, drinking at home is a lot cheaper than uh, it right. is to drink in a pub, yes. right? So the, the, the $8 glass of wine that you buy in a, in a restaurant or a pub, you could buy that bottle for $20, $24 and you could have four glasses out of it or, you know, right. more. So, uh, so I don't know if people are getting used to drinking at home, uh, socializing more so at home. I don't know if they'll still go back out to pubs. That's something that I'm curious to see. Um, I don't know. Um, I, I can definitely see people, uh, more people working from right. home. Uh, I think that's here to stay as well, especially with the uh, big companies investing so much in technologies like, you know, RBC, or most of their employees are now working from home. Uh, and uh, TD, uh, the banks, the big banks, their employees are working from home. And this technology that they've invested in, I, I don't know what's going to happen with uh, it's, it would be interesting to see what happens with commercial real estate. Uh, once this thing is over, I'm sure, you know, Vancouver with a uh, 1% uh, office space uh, vacancy rate, I'm sure you'll see some vacancy rates going up uh, for commercial real estate. Right. That, that makes sense. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I thought, uh, you know, before the pandemic, you would think that, you know, the Amazon, um, Amazon's going to kill all retail and the only retail space that will be uh, uh, useful will be coffee shops and, you know, uh, live entertainment and pubs where people can gather, not, not uh, people won't be going out shopping, but uh, with this, I don't know. I'm interested to see how this, uh, how things shake out for uh, the fast food and the service industry and hospitality right. sector. Um, it's very unique times that we live in. And, uh, um, uh, <laughs> it's unprecedented. Yeah. Uh, you uh, touched upon the uh, Ismaili community here in the Lower Mainland, and um, you know, I, I would love for you to tell us more about uh, how there uh, came to be a significant Ismaili community here, and uh, whether the you know they're known for being very close knit. Uh, has that been replicated here uh, well enough, in your opinion? Uh, yeah. So I am. I am an Ismaili. Uh, I. Initially moved here from Bombay, or used to be Bombay, now Mumbai. Um, but the majority of the Ismailis here uh, are uh, from uh, East Africa. So they're from uh, Kenya, Tanzania, Uganda. Um, so they initially moved here in the early 70s, when, uh, and it started with uh, Idi Amin uh, when he took over power in Uganda. A lot of uh, Ismailis had to leave kind of mm -hmm. overnight, and... Uh, uh, they moved to uh, to different parts of the world. Some of them went to the United Kingdom, some went to the United States, and uh, a lot, a big chunk, uh, came here to Canada. And that was facilitated by the Aga Khan, who was uh, really good friends with uh, Prime Minister Pierre Trudeau uh, at that time. So the Ismaili community has been here uh, since uh, the 70s. So they've been here for about 50 years. Uh, so in those terms, I'm a uh, relatively newcomer and uh, and uh, to speak of the close knit yeah you're absolutely right the Ismaili community is very close knit over here as well and uh, I feel more so than back home uh, I was welcomed here with 
open arms when we first moved here. Uh, a lot, we met with some really nice people in the community. They offered to give us rides. They helped us settle down, helped us set up our, our home. We're very grateful to a few number of families, yeah, for sure. Right. That's, that's really good to hear. Um, I see so many different types of Indians coming these days. And, uh, you know, there's not enough of that type of person or that person from that, that part of the country. Uh, and, and I've seen how much this support system matters. And, you know, that's one of the things we're trying to do at Diaspora is to provide that support system. Um, now, how are you staying positive uh, during COVID-19? Uh, though business is good, you're still cooped up at home. You can't, you know, do a lot of the things that you're normally used to doing. Uh, yeah, I'm not. My, my schedule is totally changed. I'm homebound. I'm uh, blessed that I don't have to go to my stores uh, to operate and run them. Uh, they run, uh, my managers do a really good job and my staff do a really good job running the stores. Uh, and uh, I'm blessed when it comes to having great staff and great managers. Uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, I, I get to stay at home. Uh, things that keep me positive, um, like I mentioned, uh, Delivery is a big thing, so that's my next project I've taken on. Uh, we've started. Uh, I've started working on our website and our delivery program, so that uh, keeps me very busy. Uh, as you can imagine, uploading uh, so many different products onto a website can be quite time-consuming, and uh, so I've learned everything on my own on how to build a website on uh, using uh, WordPress. Using yeah. WooCommerce on uh, yeah on WordPress yeah using WooCommerce so if you any if anybody needs okay. any help with that uh, hit me up um, so I did all of that on my own and I'm quite proud of myself for doing that because uh, <laughs> it wasn't sure. as easy um, okay. uh, so that that took up initial stage of the the virus so I, it did, the virus didn't really uh, register the 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 pandemic didn't really register because I was so preoccupied I was so stressed out right. in the beginning that I wasn't sure if we'd be allowed to stay right. open or not. But then the government declared us to be an essential service, I think. And uh, in the middle of March, I think, or sorry, end of March, they declared that uh, liquor stores are essential services. So I wasn't as stressed out about uh, about our stores closing down. And uh, so, and then other than that, I have an eight-month-old baby. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, his name is Izan. And he keeps sure quite he busy. My four-month-old. Uh... I'm quite happy yeah, to spend my, this time with him. My four-month-old uh, keeps uh, us busy as well, except that he and my wife are in Bombay right now and I'm here. Um, if you had one piece of yeah. advice for our listeners who mainly tend to be people about to move to uh, Canada or have been here for a very short time, what would that piece of advice be? Um. There's actually quite a bit that I could say to them just from my personal experience. Uh, first off, if you if you're already moving, uh, if you have moved to Vancouver or if you're going to move to Vancouver, congratulations, you made a great choice. Uh, I promise you, you will not regret it. And this is from my personal experience. It is it is a tough beginning, uh, but uh, if you can uh, overcome the uh, the first few weeks, months, year years, your life will get uh, much better. Uh, uh, just like my life has been such a long journey from a, a high school university student to like, you know, a first small little lot of store outside of Safeway to uh, now three liquor stores right. for the lower mainland. Uh, and uh, so your life can be a huge journey. And I think you should enjoy every single moment of it. I think the beginning will be tough and you'll have to brave it. Uh, but once you come overcome the beginning, I think uh, life will get uh, much better. Your, your future generations will thank you. No, absolutely. Um, Imros, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us today. Uh, we really appreciate it.
no problem. That's all for today. If you like what you heard, please do share it with anyone who might find value in what we have to say. We would be very grateful. Links to our website and newsletter sign-up form are included in the description of today's episode. Next week, we talk about a very interesting concept called cultural context. We discuss differences between high-context cultures, such as in India, and low-context cultures, such as in Canada. I will also share some very interesting examples from my own experiences. Thank you for tuning in. Stay safe and have a fantastic week ahead. Until then, this is Aditya Mehta signing off.